Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of a town called The Fort. Events that take place in The Fort are not suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. Fourteen-year-old Victor and his twelve-year-old brother Seamus stood there, with their necks craned up, mouths wide open, the way only those at the end of the Age of Wonder could be before the magic in the world withers and floats off gently into the night. The LaPont Mansion stood at the top of a winding path up to a peninsula in the sky, the northwesternmost outcrop of a plateau where the sharp rocky edges of the ancient fractured land had worn away until it was moss-covered and carved by tree root. From there, the Laponts had figuratively and metaphorically looked down on the fort since near on the beginning of it all, when stubborn pioneers had hacked away at impenetrable bush until there was enough open area for buildings to begin popping up. 
as the derelict mansion looked down on all those below, the townsfolk, who like ants scuttled about making themselves busy while the sun shined. Victor and his little brother Seamus looked up at the abandoned and boarded LaPont mansion. No one had lived there for years. Not since Charles LaPont had unexpectedly disappeared. Not since Mark had lost it all. Not since old mill workers charged up the hill dragging a bucket of nails and boards behind them to hammer the window shut and preserve that sliver of a golden age that had only ever truly existed up on that hill in the tightly clenched grip of the LaPonts. It was dark, and it was late, and the house stood where it always did atop the hill abandoned, and it was for that reason that the brothers could not take their eyes away. All their lives, that ghoul of the past had been filled with stories. A friend of Victor's, Barry, once scared Seamus so badly while they were camped out down near the river that poor Seamus pissed himself in front of six other boys, who all laughed and pointed. They didn't find it terribly funny that Seamus had wet his pants, but it made them look tough, like they weren't about ready to do the same thing themselves. Seamus never forgot it, though. Never forgot the way Barry had singled them out. Sitting back just far enough from the campfire that the flames had danced on his face and made his eyes look crazy, like they swam about in the darkness, dancing back and forth in time with the flames. Barry was thick the way bullish boys are before they hit their growth spurt, and one day he'd grow up and still be the same prick. That's what Victor and Seamus' parents had said when they'd come home. Victor clutching his brother's shoulders as he heaved big wet sobs while Victor's flannel tied around his waist to hide the big wet stain on the front of his pants. He's just a dumb little brute, they said over and over. He's just a bully. He's probably jealous of you. He's just dumb, and dumb boys pick on smaller boys, so at the very least they can be tough. But Seamus didn't believe that. In truth, Barry wasn't bright, never had been. His teachers had been brutally honest about that too, and not just to his parents, but right to his face in the middle of class. Tsk, tsk. Poor little Barry can't write so well. Just like his father couldn't write so well, couldn't read much better either. Maybe that's where Barry had learned it. Had a single Seamus out the way he did. In the aftermath of that camping trip, Seamus couldn't help but feel sorry for Barry when Victor had told him the way they treated him in school. But feeling sorry for him and forgiving him were two separate things entirely. And when your reputation is on the line, when you get made out to be a pansy, a little baby who wets themselves, revenge is always on the table. Revenge aside, maybe one day Seamus would tell Barry how clever he thought he'd been that night. How sharp and acute his instincts to pick out Seamus to read his face the way he did to know that the best reaction would come from him despite a rapt audience all experiencing varying degrees of fear themselves. It was clever. Barry had been clever. But Seamus wouldn't tell him that. Not until he could get his revenge. As the brothers stood there, peering up at the abandoned LaPont mansion, their mouths open, Seamus couldn't remember the story Barry had told him. Not a single word. But he felt the fear, that same paralyzing fear that he'd felt at that fire just before he'd pissed himself. And what he saw now was surely more terrifying than anything Barry could have conjured. 
That being said, what Seamus and Victor saw could not have been nearly as terrifying as it was without those cliched stories shared around a campfire because nothing had really happened as they stood there. All they felt was terror, the impending sense of doom that loomed over the fort. If the house was abandoned, and had been abandoned since before they'd been born, then why was there light coming from inside it? Dragging an axe behind him, James, or rather Adam in the orphan's skin, all grown up, approached a great grand tree. Its branches reached as far as the sky was wide and its roots dug deep beyond where the worms would roam. Oh, <laughs> what has happened to you? Adam placed his hand upon the trunk, running his fingers along the rough bark. Where's that great big booming voice of yours now? Where's the illusions of grandeur? Are you sleeping? Do trees sleep? Are you... are you sick? Oh, come on now. Don't be shy. Adam walked around the trunk, looking up and following the branches, savoring the moment. A smile spread across his face. He was silently overjoyed to see the tree dying, or perhaps already dead. His footsteps crunched as he circled the oak. <laughs> I'd be a little upset if you weren't so pathetic. There's no fun in killing something quite as pathetic as you. You little thief. On one hand, I've dreamt about chopping you to bits like those nasty little twits did to me after you inherited that little gift from my, uh, well, sliver of my shadow. But yet, here I am now. That opportunity taken away from me, and you're already half gone. Still gripping the hilt of the axe, Adam used it to keep his balance as he bent down into a crouch while avoiding getting mud on his trousers. Well, uh, at least I can still cut it out of you, I, I think. Huh. I wonder what's killing you, though. Adam's eyes looked about as he reminisced, his mind floating all the way back to his days as Charles LaPont, remembering the night he was hacked to bits and stuffed inside a hollow knot in the trunk. I thought you were a god. Isn't that what you said? Well, I wonder what can kill a god then, eh? Adam whipped his head about, dragging the moment along as he gloated to no one in particular. It was an odd pantomime played out for himself. He raised his eyebrows comically, condescendingly, and shrugged. Maybe that sliver of me that stuck in you was too much. After all, you are just an impressive stack of twigs. <sighs> Adam let out an exasperated sigh as he let his eyes fall to the base of the tree. An impressive patch of mushrooms sat wet and slimy nestled in the armpit where two roots diverged before plunging into the earth. And further up the trunk... At knee height, 
bracket fungi like little shelves, like little tumors sprung from split bark. Oh, look at you. Already food for the fungi. <laughs> to think something as large as you, like everything else, is just reduced to food. Adam reached his hand out, leaning forward and placed his weight on the axe hilt. His fingers touched the fungus sprouting from the tree. And as they did, a sensation like stinging nettles spread through his fingertips and down into his palms. Adam ripped his hand back, and as he pulled it away, tiny white filaments tore away as well, like impossibly fine hairs that stung him like little nettles. Ugh! What the? Oh! <laughs> now, what the hell is this? Adam staggered to his feet, the stinging numbness growing in his palms and weaving its way into his flesh and into his forearm. Ah! Ugh. No, 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 no! What is this? Something without words crawled into his mind. It danced and flitted about, plucking at the catalog of memories spanning lifetimes. It had no intention of telling him who or what it was. No. It was an entity unlike himself. Something not human or animal or plant or... <laughs> or, or it was all that and more. The pain grew as the stinging sensation climbed his shoulders and into Adam's neck and behind his eyes it rifled about in his brain throwing the recollections of sensations and memories both bleak and bright all about shattering as they fell into nothingness. A frenzied flurry of hatred flooded his veins. Not his hatred, but hatred for him so deep and profound that Adam felt tears grow in his eyes. Or was that the pain and pressure pushing from the inside? The noise of it was all so overwhelming. The pain of it was overwhelming. He couldn't catch his breath as hard as he tried. He staggered and nearly fell as the pain made his knees weak and sweat covered him from head to toe. And then, and then, and then it all stopped. The unfamiliar sensation of fear gripped Adam. He couldn't help from shaking as he stood. The strength not having quite returned yet. And all he could see was whatever slipped inside of him had been searching for. It was quiet. And it was terrible. It was... It was Jacques Lepont. gone. Where? Gah! Where is it? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> you, you, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you, you, you. Give me back what's mine.
This episode was written, directed, and narrated by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Harlan Guthrie. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. This episode featured Cole Weavers as Adam. To find additional information or join our Patreon to support the show and receive ad-free episodes, visit our website at thetownwhispers.com. Rate and review us online. Tweet us at The Town Whispers. Join us on Discord by clicking the link in the description. Visit us on Facebook or email us at thetownwhispers at pulpaudio.ca. The Town Whispers is a serialized horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio, distributed by Callum Doherty of the Rusty Quill Network, and licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. I got the ghost of you inside of This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.